Hey everybody, welcome to episode 28 of Game Apocalypse. As always, I'm your host, Michael Raparez, and we are going to have a quiet, subdued, low talker only podcast tonight. With me in the kitchen studio are... Low talker Tyler Wilde. And other low talker... Hi, I'm Dave Rodden. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dave Rodden. I'm Michael Raparez. How are you? It's good to see you guys. Oh, man. Hey, man. How's it going? We're all having a nice wine. It's, yeah. And Jesus. A glass so it's just really, Chardonnay. really pleasant. And mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to calm it down with some smooth jazz. Some of us might nap. Oh, yeah. on, on the air that's that'll be great audio just now, fantastic now we're gonna party this is gonna be a great episode <laughs> yeah, come we on might. we're gonna yeah. we're gonna party like it's 1873 <laughs> being the cool kids that we are here's a minuet from johan sebastian <laughs> Bach. he knew how to party <laughs> Yeah, turn up that gramophone. <sighs> well, you know, it's good that we're talking about terrible music because this this week's top five is inspired by the release of, what was the game again? Charlie Murder. Charlie Murder. Yes. I keep wanting to call it Dead Zone for whatever reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but we are going to go over some fake bands, our favorite fake bands in video games from over the Woo! years. And we're going to start with these guys. Number five. One, two, three, four. So, Left 4 Dead 2 fans will recognize that as the opening riff of the Midnight Riders finale in the Dark Carnival stage. They never actually appeared in the game. That's one of the reasons they're at number five. They also, well, they, I mean, the posters of them appeared in the game. There's posters and, yeah, their music plays. I think there's that. There's one mm-hmm. point where you can hit a jukebox and then it starts playing their music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's references to them. Yeah, and I guess in the passing DLC, there's like an Easter egg where if you look in just the right direction at just the right time, you can see their tour bus like wow. peeling out and uh, leaving. So apparently they survived. Oh, that's good to know. Through the power of yeah. rock. Yeah, and another reason that they're number five is because it's revealed when you get to the stage that they lip sync their live shows. You find a tape and and it's labeled finale. Oh, that was my favorite band until I found that out. (laughs) Yeah, just like Ellis. And coach, but part of part of what made them interesting is that Valve kind of went whole hog on you know building them up as a, a fake band in reality. Like they have a web page that lists their tour dates and things. They talk about like Green Flu ain't gonna stop our tour, and that was like dated two thousand nine. Mm. And they had a bunch of other music. That you you can go to uh, Midnight Riders Band on YouTube, find that account, and it's got a bunch of them uploaded. They were they were actually a real band, and then Gabe Newell came <laughs> up. You're a fake band now. Yeah, all right, we'll replace our photos with, with painted <laughs> portraits. But one of the other songs is presumably off the Christmas album because it goes like this. That is the song, All I Want for Christmas is to Kick Your Ass. That is the title. It's also the WWE Christmas theme. Is it? I don't know. Just trying to make a <laughs> I mean, you're the expert. Tie-in. No, there's, there's no Christmas album. Be there should be, though, for WWE wrestlers doing Christmas things. Mm-hmm. I'd buy it. Nobody yeah, else would. It, I'm sure it exists. <laughs> I'm sure several of them exist. Yeah. 
Right, anyway. Number four. Correct for the mood of this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You should be doing your jazzy Tyler Wild voice. That is Runaway 5 from Earthbound, who are basically a Blues Brothers tribute band, apparently. They come out on stage and they just do a little dance in front of their microphones. And there are six of them, even though they're running five. <laughs> and I haven't actually played it, Dave, but you were telling me nobody says anything about this. No, nobody says anything. I mean, it's a translation. They weren't called the Runaway Five, I think, in Mother Two. But yeah, they're just they're a band that you run into a couple times during the course of Earthbound, and you usually need them to progress. So, like uh, the first time you run into them. You're trying to go from, I think it's, you're going, you're leaving three and then going into force, forcing. I forget what that town was called, but there's a, there's a tunnel where ghosts uh, will like besiege you if you just try to walk through it or ride your bike through it. So you need to go on their tour bus. Apparently they're the only ones who have a bus that plays music. A ghost proof Um, bus. A ghost, a ghost proof tour bus, Mm -hmm. um, which is not the weirdest thing in Earthbound. But yeah, you uh, yeah you go to the club. You hear them play. You have to pay off like the shady owner of the club who has them under a terrible contract. And then I think later on you encounter them in another town, and they're and they're back like mm-hmm. in a huge debt again. Well, to to pay them off, like I, I was watching a video of this. And don't you have, like have to go into like some random house, and the guy in there is like, "Here, have ten thousand dollars just because." That's it. It's been a while since I played it, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's. The, the simplicity of that puzzle like yeah you just go to the guy and he gives you ten thousand dollars and then you pay him off and then mm-hmm. there you go yeah like they had, they had that cool little stage show it's a nice little interlude yep. in the game and, and i do like when things you know really get heated uh during their show whoa Sounds like public domain music from a 90s porn. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> 90s porn MIDI. <laughs> I'm going to make that website. Knowing Earthbound and the music that they put in it, a lot of it is very heavily sampled and inspired by things. So I That's wouldn't be true. surprised if this that was wholesale lifted and just put into like 16-bit form from the Blues Brothers. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, their, their whole thing is like they've, they've got a, a fat one and a skinny one and they're wearing the, the Blues Brothers outfits except there's different colors and like blues brothers 2000 there is like six people Mm -hmm. there should only be two well blues (laughs) Blues brothers always had a backup band yeah but what didn't blues brothers 2000 have like it had like like a dog and a kid yeah yeah. (laughs) john goodman was one because they're like oh we we can't get uh john belushi because he's dead who do we know that's fat oh john goodman let's have him (laughs) he's named john too so it's like a double win yeah i want to say jim belushi was in it but you know i never actually watched it Mm. everything i've heard was that it was terrible anyway runaway five are a band in a game that is fake yes too bad the real in my heart because they can really they got that sound yeah Yeah. i just remember there's a 16-bit sound they were chiptune artists before (laughs) it was a thing they're Partially responsible for me learning the word Q, because there's a person standing. Q? Yeah, Q U E U E. Like line. Yeah. yeah. So like, there's a person outside of the venue saying, "I love waiting in queues. Like, I quite like it. 
That's a very there are other words that start with Q, and that's like indicative of Earthbound's yeah. writing. That's a very English thing to say, yeah. calling it a Q. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the joke was in Japanese. Probably something similar. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I like Qs. <laughs> Number three. And these two are the Anderson brothers, Odin and Tor. They had a... How should I put this? A heavy metal band in the 70s and 80s called Old Gods of Asgard. Oh, yeah, Old Gods of Asgard from Alan Wake, who are these two old coots that you first meet (laughs) sitting at a table playing checkers or something in a mental hospital retreat kind of place. With a rubber ducky? The squeaking sound is Tor swinging around one of those little squeaky mallets. Ah. And he keeps hitting the table with it and hitting his brother and he hits Alan Wake over the head. And then, yeah, when when the doctor leaves, they, they start talking to you and getting interesting. I'd like to bash his head in with a hammer. Oh, he'd love to fish out our secrets, but he has no clue. He's not crazy enough. <laughs> not crazy like us, Sonny. Yeah! Screams. <laughs> yeah! And stands up. <laughs> but, you know, the thing that's interesting about them is you hear their music a lot over the course of the game. And the one that's most immediately familiar to, to fans is you make it to their farm after they tell you to go there. And they, they just, like, have this, you know, farm out in the middle of nowhere. And out in the middle of this field, they have a full stage set up, like, with a light show and everything. And you have to defend this stage from waves of those dark, infected zombies, whatever the hell they're called in Alan Wake. I don't know, it's been a couple of years, so I can't remember. While your your manager, Barry, plays with the, and tries to get the floodlights on so you can kill all the monsters more easily. The things what don't like light. Exactly. <laughs> was their actual... Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So their their more identifiable song in it is Children of the Elder God, which sounds like this. So that's Children of the Generic Metal. Yes, <laughs> Children of the Generic Metal. It's like the most... Yeah. <laughs> but also weird is that, like... That's that's kind of the image of them that is sold to you over the course of the game. Like, yeah, they were just kind of a generic 70s, 80s, myth-infused right. uh, metal band. I also like how the one guy says, he doesn't have a clue. And I'm just imagining <laughs> Alan Wake, clue, clue. <laughs> Could that have been a clue? <laughs> I'd have to write about it later. <laughs> but they also do a song that comes up called The Poet and the Muse. Which sounds completely different and totally inappropriate for what they're supposed to be. There's an altar rod with mystery of Tom the poet and his muse, and a magic lake which gave a light to the words the poet used. So it's kind of like this folksy, sort of psychedelic y thing. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what that sounds like. I was going to say poet. And the Muse sounds very much like a Metallica title, but that mm-hmm. did not sound like a Metallica no, song. No, no, no. I don't wow. think Metallica, even in their softest moments, would sound like <laughs> no, that. No, what, but what does that sound like? It uh. sounds like something that be, should be playing over like Medieval Times highlights or, yeah. or a Renaissance Fair like slideshow. Like the, the theme to Deadly Premonition. Yeah. Mm. But like, I did listen. Like, I, don't, I haven't played that much of Alan Wake, and I, did, I didn't get to the part where you meet these, these two guys. But I have heard that song before, and it sounds 
I think out of like all of the songs that we'll hear, it sounds like the most professionally done. And obviously, like these are fake yeah. bands within the context of these games, but that sounds like a song that's made by a band that's been together a while and like is very competent. It, like it, it's that, that 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 song is just expertly done. I, I think. Yeah. Well, they they are an actual band. Uh, that it's like a Finnish uh, Finnish group called Poets of the Fall. Uh, and they they did all the uh, old gods of Asgard music, <laughs> they and have, they are not like two old kids at all. But they have an appropriately cheesy name for their band. Yes, uh-huh. and I picture every band member to just be Sam Lake. Yeah, yeah. with the with the they, they look like Sam Lake. Yeah, they all have the constipated Max Payne face when uh-huh. they're on stage at all times. <laughs> that, that's just unchanging. Yes, uh, uh, but yeah, Tor and Odin they, they they really play up the coot factor. Like I've never seen. Like maybe Tor, who has like a beard and a leather jacket and is swinging the hammer around, he looks like he could have been a rocker in the seventies. But then like Odin, who has an eye patch and is bald, and he just keeps calling you Sunny. Like really? Huh. He's the country metal rocker. He's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. That's a thing. Sure. Yeah. Country metal. Yeah. He's he's a uh, kid rocking. <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. Five years. <laughs> now, Michael. Now. Uh, Have you seen him? I try not to. <laughs> you try to avoid him. I, I avert my eyes whenever he, he steps out of the shadows, and it's like, oh no, it's you. Like, <laughs> you just spare some change, man. I'm like, no, kid rock. Go you away. see him on the airplane. Oh, there's a kid on this airplane. Uh, God damn it. Why did someone bring their kid rock on this plane? <laughs> he sounds like an Alan Wake enemy. Shine light on him <laughs> and then shoot him. He hisses and <laughs> retreats back into the shadows. To play that one song. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know the one. You know it. You know it. You heard it. You listened to it intentionally several <laughs> times. You don't want to admit it, but you did. We all did. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, <laughs> it's just you. It's just you. You should be ashamed. We caught you in your lie. Damn it. You were all you were, we had you too. You were all coming out and going, yeah. Big kid rock fan. I totally <laughs> like that song. And we're like, ha! And we're like, ah. Oh, God. I don't even know what that song was anymore. I don't care. <laughs> Big kid rock would be a good uh, singer name. Big Kid Rock. <laughs> big Kid, big kid Rock. rock. <laughs> Adult big, Rock. The Big Kid Rock Candy Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Place yeah, that hobos in, in the last decade sing about. Yeah. Kid Rock should have like big grown kid. his name up with him like little Bow Wow. Oh, yeah. Like, isn't he just Bow Wow now? Yeah, yeah he should just be Adult Rock. <laughs> adult Contemporary. <laughs> a Rock. Uh, adult Contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of brilliant. First good laugh of this episode. All right. <laughs> hey, hey. Number two. Hey, check this out. Live in concert. Milk can. That's us. But, but that's right around the corner. Uh-huh. That's why we have to get going right now. That is Milk Can from Um Jammer Lammy for the mm. five of you who play it or are even <laughs> aware of its existence. Man, I do remember it, but I have no idea. Who the hell was Milk Can? Milk Can was the band that Um Jammer Lammy belonged to that was made up of her, Katie Cat, and Mason. It's a good band name. Yeah, I will say. Kate, Katie Cat is the one who talked through most of that, and Mason is the, the sound effect you heard that sounded like something going. <laughs> yeah, that's just how she talks. <laughs> and everybody oh. understands her. She's just like this this weird little a hyperactive sim. Like this this weird little pygmy thing with huge fists and a stick of dynamite coming out of her head. And she's the one who's considered the most attractive and everybody hits on her. 
And some... people wonder why this wasn't as well received as Parappa the mm-hmm. Rapper. Yeah. <laughs> but they... Maybe the dynamite head person and goes, Whoa! <laughs> well, she's, she's just the drummer, so she doesn't actually have to be intelligent. Right, the drummers always end up being the, the weird creeps. Yeah, who <laughs> die early. <laughs> <laughs> the drummers are like the black people of horror yeah. movies. So this one dies early in, in on general land. I mean, sure, it, really yeah, bring, yeah. it really brings out the narrative. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, I don't know why it hit such a dark note so yeah. early on. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think it's it's kind of hinted that she might be actually Chinese. Oh. And maybe that's why she talks like that. Yeah, I no, because that's how Chinese people sound. That sounds yeah. racist. I'm racist. That sounds really racist. <laughs> <laughs> Consider it's a game developed in Japan, though, and it all makes sense. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that was racist. Yeah. Her father has... We're a, all racist. Yeah, we're Chinese all people be like... <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of racism against <laughs> Chinese people in Japan. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, I have I have some more chatter from Milk Can. Hey, don't forget, we are Milk Can. With my son's beats, Lammy's guitar, and my almighty bass combined with that distinguished voice, there's nothing to be afraid of. That gives you an idea of the band makeup. But the, the, the entire game... An almighty bass. An almighty bass. Distinguished voice. The entire game is basically Lammy trying to make it to their one big break concert and uh, getting con- continually waylaid along the way. You know, first she she you know has a weird dream and then she stumbles by the scene of a fire and is immediately ordered to help out. You know, as you do, then she yeah. loses her guitar and has to carve a new one out of a tree. I've had whole goes, weeks she, messed up. She <laughs> dies and goes to hell. She has to pilot a plane. It's crazy. Stuff like that happens. I remember she took care of a baby. Yes. Yeah, I she seen. had to sing a lullaby to uh, this this weird toddler who was yeah. well, I, baby who was really bratty. I just, like, that one song is stuck in my head. <clears throat> and it's almost like as proof to why this concept didn't work as well as Prep of the Rapper because you can freestyle rap. That's true. You can't really freestyle like a heavy metal like song. You can, but it, yeah, it just never quite. It almost out. makes more sense because Parappa's freestyle rapping is just like kick, punch, turn, head, bull, yeah. all random the, syllables. Like the the Parappa the rapper soundtrack is like way more ingrained in my head than mm. anything I'm damn relying. Yeah. But it, but it had that weird caterpillar nurse who was like, put these kids to sleep, That's a bad impression, but it's closer than you yeah. think. <laughs> but the baby was singing to you too during that, that scene, and that also kind of freaked me out. Okay, this is it. Are you okay? Oh yeah, milk can is always on my mind. Leave it to. That's the big triumphant thing at the end when they finally get to play their concert. It's the mm. final stage of the game. But also, um, since you pointed out, like you know, you wanted a freestyle rap in them, Jeremy. Mm. I mean, if you finish the game, you can unlock Parappa as a playable huh. character and play through hip hop versions of all the songs. Damn, it's like two games in one. It is. It really is. And nobody bought it. Yeah. Everyone ignored it. And I don't think it's been re-released. Like I know that Prep of the Rap is probably on PSN, and it is, I think it's um, on, is on PSN. I'm oh, it is. Sure. Yeah. Man, I don't have to buy that. Yeah. I think it got. Did it get? No, it didn't get re-released on PSP. I'm just thinking that you can play the PS1 version yeah. on PSP. It was pretty cool. You all should go out and play it. I'm sure it's aged wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it has. <laughs> Normally I wouldn't busy myself with driving around a bunch of drunken Scottish bisexuals. But in your case, I'll make an exception.
That is, of course, Tommy Versetti in Grand Theft Auto Vice City talking to Love Fist, the, the game's most prominent fake band. Which Love Fist are, as he says, a bunch of drunken Scottish bisexuals. They're mm-hmm. an 80s hair metal band. They have a bunch of different songs that are recorded on the Vice City soundtrack and played on the Hard Rock Station, which is DJed by Laszlo. Yeah, they they um, are kind of unintelligible. There's a segment where you have to drive them around in a limousine while they defuse a bomb, and it sounds like this. At last, man, time for a well-earned drink. Are you finished? Just a hundred yards in the road, man. Better make it a large one, then. Hey, Tommy, change the tunes, man. I get all confused if my head's not banging. Ah, look, what's this? Hey, Tommy, stick this tape on. And the tape is a recorded message saying, Oh, I left a bomb in your car. If you go below a certain speed, it'll blow up. Ah, speed parody. <laughs> yep, exactly. Cool. I was kind of gonna... They sound like if... They sound like their voices... Or we're on a tape cassette that's being played in reverse. (laughs) And it's funny because Rockstar North is a Scottish developer. So this is basically them making fun of their own accents by including very broad versions of same. Yeah, I don't know how I would make fun of a uh, uh, sort of California American accent. I don't know. In that way that's unintelligible. I guess because you sound distinctly Canadian. (laughs) At all times. The brute time someone pointed it out, eh? (laughs) Yeah, because we never do that. I guess I would do our old bosses of California. Like, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, he was always fixated on the pronunciation of awesome. Awesome. Like, I'd say it. Like, he'd, he'd tell awesome. me something cool. And I'm like, oh, awesome. He's like, awesome. 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 Like, I don't know why that was such a point of fascination. <laughs> yeah, For he, our he, old he, British boss. He was hearing, like, 16 syllables that we weren't saying. But. <laughs> I assume. I always remember him talking about trying to order a tuna sandwich at Subway. And he's like, yeah, just, you know, just saying, I just wanted tuna. And they're like, what? He's like, tuna, mate. Uh, what? <laughs> tuna. Like, oh, tuna. <laughs> kept saying it, tuna. 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 Uh, I guess the Californians on SNL. I guess that's how they do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I do have some more of their uh, lovely and intelligible banter, though. What's going on? That psycho won't leave Love Fist alone. You didn't kill him, man. And now he's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is. The thing is, we need someone to drive the limo we can trust because that nutter keeps making threats. Shell me. I need my mom. We're all breaking ourselves, man. Okay, guys. Calm down. I'll handle this. That's actually the only time I was able to understand everything they said perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Not like the other thing. <laughs> so they play music and junk? They do play music and junk. They play music that's on the soundtrack. You hear it all the time. And they're they're just very clear sex, jo- sex jokes. Like, their lead singer's name is Jez Torrent. <laughs> um, yeah, their songs are all about, like, getting pussy and spraying love fist goo all around or whatever. <laughs> They're pretty nasty, actually, even for the 80s, <laughs> which, as we all remember, was a very liberal, sex-positive decade. <laughs> yeah, the 80s. Uh, love fist. Everybody loves love fist. It's, it's right in their name. Yeah, they just punch each other in the butts with uh. their love fists. <laughs> <laughs> They're a masturbation joke. <laughs> And yeah, they also make references to uh, getting drunk and fucking each other. But anyway, well, these guys before or after like the the porn. I think the, the porn uh, base missions. Those are near the end. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. With candy sucks. Yeah, with three X's. Boy, this this game was really clever. It was. It really was. 
Look at Ragnar for that. It's like she's a porn star in 1980s Miami. It's not yeah, much know. of a stretch that she would name herself Candy Sucks. Yeah. That, that seems fair, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's unfair in the fact that Candy doesn't suck. Right. I, I think Candy's awesome. I love Candy. Oh, Candy's terrible. It rots your teeth. Mm-mm. Kids, don't eat candy. This has been a PSA brought to you by VGA. <laughs> don't eat candy. It sucks. Pizavaga. Pizavaga. <laughs> I guess it would be a VGA PSA. So, Vagapasa. Vagapsa? Sure. Vagina. Vagina. Yeah. <laughs> it's a vagina. Don't eat candy, kids. It rots your vagina. It rots your vagina from the inside out in terrible, terrible ways. It's <laughs> disgusting. Oh, my God. I'm glad Anne's in the other room with headphones on. Yeah, listening. I wouldn't want to... The good thing we have no female listeners, Token mm-hmm. Girl STFU and Pinchy and yeah. the rest of you. You don't actually exist. <laughs> um, I, don't, I actually don't think anyone listens, so I just... Actually, nobody does. We're, we're just, talking into a void. We're just screaming into yeah. a vacuum week after week. That's what I hope. Then it, the, the camera pans out, and it turns out we've just been floating in space in this kitchen the whole time. And <laughs> yeah. Rod Serling comes out and says, like, what a bunch of assholes. Like that's I, the end of the episode. I have nightmares where that isn't the case, and people are listening, and I just wake up in this horrible sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it would be awful if someone listened <laughs> to this. Especially this episode. Holy shit. <laughs> We're doing great. We don't need four people. Uh-huh. Dave, you're great. Yeah. Michael, you're great. We don't need four people to have a good time. Yeah. We don't even have to speak at this volume. We can take it a little lower. Yeah, we do we need could. we do need beer, however. Yes. To yeah. have a good time. We do. Even at low volumes. Three is a crowd, right? And you two are company right now in my yes. kitchen. Yes. So well, we're just having a relaxed time. Hmm. I guess in this case, three is company. <laughs> yeah, come and knock on our door. Hey, come on in. Just hang out with the Vigi Game Apocalypse guys as they <laughs> drink a little Tecate. Tecate light. Let's pay respects to the late John Ritter. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about some fake bands. Some very sad music. <laughs> We've got something coming up from some bisexual Scottish men. Bisexual <laughs> drunken Scottish men. <laughs> oh yeah. Also their uh their album picture like is just them in like pants so low cut that like their pubes are literally sticking out the top. <laughs> nice. so. As we do this I'm reminded of the uh like uh cuz um, nobody shaved in the 80s. That's <laughs> I'm reminded of the NPR jokes on uh uh Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> if you're joining us, we're talking to <laughs> You know what was it? It was something about like a lesbian something band and <laughs> just like that sounds terrible. Yes, but they're lesbians. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I completely botched that joke that I was retelling from a TV show by not <laughs> remembering any of the details. You know that thing with the lesbian band? Stay tuned for more show? jokes repeated from network TV shows. On yes. The game Apocalypse. On the next segment, I'm going to explain Garfield strips yes. cell by cell. So no. then Urkel builds a robot. That's my territory. And no, he did not. He did. Was this Urkel or Urkel? This was Urkel. Okay. And but then uh, his neighbor fell in love with the robot. Oh <laughs> no! And they went into space and they fell into full house. That was, it was crazy. So on this episode, a small wonder, the robot takes a <laughs> jar out of the refrigerator and begins to vibrate violently. And mm. her father says, "What are you doing?" And she says, "It says shake well before opening." <laughs> Hilarity! Uh, All right, we need to kill this fucker right now. <laughs> 
Put a bullet between its eyes. Mm-hmm. Top five sitcom bands. <laughs> Zach Attack from Save the Bell. All right. We're going to go out on yeah. Don't Ever Buy a Console at Launch because you shouldn't. When we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, and hopefully be more interesting. Stay tuned. And two consoles we'd like to buy at launch. Wow, there's so many new video game consoles coming out. I'm going to save up my allowance and buy them all. You might want to think twice about that, kiddo. Back in the 90s when you bought a new system, it was basically ready to go. But those days are gone by, so buddy, don't be that guy. You want to be the first in line, but I say no, 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 no. They won't have near enough games, no matter how great they seem. It takes at least a year or two before they're running full steam. Yes, it's a dirty little trick, so you gotta be staunch, kid. Don't ever buy a console at launch. I'm being serious. Do not ever buy a console at launch. Attention, beautiful and savvy listeners. You are clearly enjoying the show so far, if you've listened to this point so why not do something to support us you can do the usual stuff i talk about every week subscribe rate review us on itunes especially if you want to leave us a five-star review we love those buy stuff through the amazon links on our site and we'll get a little cut of whatever you spend and you won't have to spend anything extra to support us you can buy a t-shirt from store.lasertimepodcast.com. Get that cool skull logo, and when people ask about it and they say, what's that from? You can say, it's from this awesome podcast I listen to called Game Apocalypse. I'm fulfilling the order that they give me every week to tell friends about it and create more VGA fans. You can comment on the articles. You can go on the forum. Let us know what you do or don't like about the show. That takes very little effort. You, you could change it for the better or for the worse. Maybe you want to troll us, I don't know. And if you really want to go the extra mile, you can donate to us using the donation button on vidigameapocalypse.com under the articles. But make sure you say it's for Vidigame Apocalypse or it won't go to us. Chris will just keep it. And nobody wants that. Not even him. Finally, follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Now back to the show. But the video game companies promise all these great games and features within the first year. Sure, just like presidential candidates. They'll say anything to get your vote, the way game companies just want you to buy their console. Didn't you want a new Wii U? More like PU. PS4? Oh, give me more. Xbox One. Xbox done. Leah? Uh, what? The OS will be a mess, so you gotta be staunch, kid. Don't ever buy a console at launch. Now sing it with me. Do not ever buy a console at launch. And we're back. Hope you liked that fun-ass break, everybody, because we're gonna dive right into some boring-ass new releases. Oh man. Haunting and beautiful. <laughs> New releases theme, as always, brought to you by David B. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of things out this week, many of them downloadable, but some good retail releases as well. Uh, probably the biggest retail thing is Payday 2. Yep, which uh, is which, also downloadable. Which you have reviewed, I believe, or yes, are reviewing. at press time or uh, podcast time. I am in the process of reviewing. Um, I've enjoyed it so far. It's definitely it harkens back to Left 4 Dead. It's uh, this is a heist game where you're in a team of four, pulling off various heists. You know you can um, there's missions where you like steal from a jewelry store, robbing a bank. There's multi-day um, 
heists where you'll like you'll start by stealing cocaine from this one person selling it to this other group and then taking the money and then bringing it to this other person and they launder it and then you got to do this other thing and yeah so it it varies from like these single missions that are one day to these epic seven day like crazy heists that sounds rather complicated i played it at e3 and i was really confused um it, by the one mission, just because there was so much going on, poison gas and uh, so many police. Yeah, to shoot. I mean it. It's I, I went into it and you know volunteered to review it because I love Left for Dead and it does have that dynamic where had you played Payday One before going? I on? had not because okay. it's PlayStation and then I'm on Xbox, so why would I? Yeah, uh, but yeah, it is. It's a very daunting game. It's it's kind of overwhelming at first. The missions can be done in a way where if you're, you know, expert level, you can do most of your heist without even being seen. And they told, they told us that, like, so it's kind of cool because when you're walking up to the bank or whatever, to yeah. the back door to get in, you, you don't have your masks on. As yeah. soon as you put them on, people know you're robbing it, right? Yeah, but I, I like to wear masks outside. Like, yeah, I know. I would guess in San Francisco is a city where you could wear masks. Like, people aren't thinking you're robbing yeah. a bank. Mm-mm. But yeah, when we played at E3, I was just like, I accidentally hit the button that puts on my mask. So like, yeah. Evan Lottie, my coworker, is trying to be like, all right, we're gonna go in the door here. And we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, disable the camera, and uh, I'm gonna knock this guy out. And I'm like, hey, look, I'm a clown. Something <laughs> 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 like shooting. You're like the Leroy Jenkins in that scenario. Yeah. I was the worst. They should they should have uh, you do a heist in like Comic Con or something. You know, where everybody's <laughs> wearing right. a mask. I'm thinking that's a probably a good place to pull off yeah. a heist, right? Mm-hmm. No, there's a there is a heist that you do in a nightclub. Oh. And like the, so there's there's crazy weird missions, but yeah, nothing to quite quite that extent. But yeah, I mean I've I've enjoyed it, not at the level of Left 4 Dead. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a cool co-op shooter mm-hmm. that it's way better, way better when you're playing with other people online. That's one thing that really kind of got on me is that Left 4 Dead you know, it's really fun playing with friends, but I can complete campaigns in Left 4 Dead with the AI from the teammates. Even though there's restrictions to what the AI teammates can do in Left 4 Dead, like they can't throw grenades and and, and the like, the AI partners in Payday, they're restricted in ways that really, really hamstring you when you're playing like hmm. alone. Like they can't carry any bags, which is an important part of any Payday mission. Like you have to carry bags back to, you know, your your getaway van. And when you're playing with four people, you can just get four bags at once and all go back to the van. Whereas when you're playing alone, you literally have to go and bring every bag back oh and God. forth yourself. That's a ridiculous scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's a little mm. bit glitchy and the it's frame like smash rate. smash and grab, not smash and pick up and, and gingerly <laughs> make several trips. It's smash, grab, bring, smash, grab, bring, smash, grab, bring. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm still just thinking of like other scenarios that would be great to conduct a heist in. Like maybe if you like could... Do a heist on one of those creepy sex parties from like Eyes Wide Shut or Hostel yeah. or something like where everyone's wearing oh, creepy yeah. ass animal masks and is also filthy rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would we're on a cool heist. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, th- there are some really cool ideas for heist. Like I said, the the one in the nightclub. So like you've got the music kind of providing a cover, so you can do like you can be a little bit louder. You can like shoot somebody and they won't be heard if it's in the back room, and you can start a drill on a safe and people won't hear it. And there's a there's a level where you have to steal paintings from a museum, but they're ones that are being sold. So like you have to like kind of play like a little game of Where's Waldo and find 
the paintings. You, like scoping from outside, you have to find the paintings that have the sold stickers on them and then determine from where they are in that uh, museum, like where do I enter? How can I get in there without being seen? Because once you get seen, the uh, the paintings get put on lockdown. So like bars mm-hmm. come down over them. You have to like hack into that and it's oh, a crazy – but that that is probably my favorite mission. What about a heist in a Chuck E. Cheese where you pretend to be the animatronic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> animals? <laughs> You, you have to uh, cheat the ski ball and like just put your hand underneath the thing and put the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then you have to carry uh, like four <laughs> bland limp cheese pizzas back to the car yeah. <laughs> steal all the tickets all the spider rings yeah <laughs> I, I'm ashamed to admit my my experience with payday amounts to having downloaded it on PSN for free yep. and then every once in a while I'll just like be flipping through my list of okay what do I have on here that I could play briefly and then like landing on that and listening to like the weird sound that plays mm-hmm. behind it which is like this this really rhythm heavy music and yeah. then like a sound clip from a robbery and like I would just like let that loop and fall asleep to it <laughs> but it was there, there was a thing he says in the like we want to hurt no one like that's really odd phrasing. It's made by Starbreeze. Starbreeze. So it's Scandinavian. So Payday Two is also Starbreeze. Yeah, and there are points where it's like this person speaking in an like they're in a kind of in a stilted American accent and saying mm. phrases that don't quite work. Like there's one where another mission I, I like is um it's one where you are, are in a shopping mall and you have to create fifty thousand dollars worth of damage within the mall. So like destroy products in stores and shoot out windows and all that, that sounds kind of awesome yeah but so like during the course of the level the your uh your person back at hq is like telling you how much you've destroyed and the at, at some points he's saying it in a way that's like you've destroyed ten thousand dollars u.s not 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 quite that obvious but just like ten thousand dollars u.s yeah usd not francs or U.S. Euro or Euros. We refer to them as U.S. dollars like all Americans do. <laughs> I'm going to go play in the wasteland yeah. just to watch. It, it's cool, like what I played. I, I know they're trying to go for like this action game where you're just constantly kind of shooting. Once once the violence yeah. breaks out right there, just cops streaming in, and they're just coming into the bank. Yeah. I think it would be cool, though, to do a game or a version of that idea that is more subdued a little more like dog day afternoon where if you get yeah. caught you know if they if you don't get out in time and the cops come now you're in a standoff with like one hit kill kind of thing and they're like on the news saying you're gay and you're getting really upset about it <laughs> and uh i just want dog day afternoon the game i yeah. guess is what i'm saying yeah. but um they don't quite do enough with that dynamic you can take hostages but they're literally just just pour in and yeah like, they, they don't they don't really don't care they'll like just bum rush you and it's like no they shouldn't because i have hostages they should stay out there and yell through a megaphone and be like yeah. come out and we've I'll got like, your wife oh. yeah and i'll be honey. like what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah yeah they should come back honey yeah like wouldn't that be amazing if they had a hostage negotiator come out and try yeah. to reason with you we have a hostage <laughs> <laughs> or hostage negotiator yeah uh, uh but uh but if like the police took a hostage <laughs> <laughs> we have your wife the sheriff's got a gun exactly yeah <laughs> That'd be great if, as the player, knowing you're supposed to complete the heist, mm-hmm. they just have such an effective negotiator that you're like, <laughs> "All right, I'll come out. Game over." Ah, damn it again! <laughs> That's the fifth time. <laughs> well, the, all they'd have to sucks. do is give you an achievement for giving in, and everyone would do <laughs> yeah, it. That's, <laughs> that's they should do that in real hostage negotiations. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you 
We'll give you 200 gamer points if you come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like Portal 2 with the if you commit suicide when you're mm-hmm. asked to, uh, you get an achievement for it. Of course it. you're going to so, do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Um, and it's it's also interesting that Starbreeze put this out like within a week or two of Brothers. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess that's a pretty short game, but still. Well, that's a heist game, too. <laughs> it is a heist right? game where you control two ultra violent children in a medieval uh, land who are trying to uh, make one last score before they can retire. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to get some dope. They get, they get pulled back into the game after uh, <laughs> layer retiring game. in their, their toddlerhood. <laughs> <laughs> back into the game. Yeah. That looks like a really cute game. Really mm-hmm. pretty. I don't know. It does. Uh, it does. Uh, I, I still need to play it. You were saying it's things. like four hours long. So yeah, it's, a, it's a kind of a short one. Yeah. Also out this week, Mario and Luigi Dream Team. And I know the Nintendo fans out there were fuming that I said probably the biggest release was Payday 2 when this is also coming <laughs> out. But you don't understand. I needed time to look up what this was about because I have ignored all previews of it because it's a Nintendo game and I'm just going to buy it anyway. So it's uh, the first 3D Mario and Luigi RPG and I guess it involves a trip into a dream world where you... Oh, uh, I get it. Dream Team. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Luigi's Dreams, I think. Luigi's Dreams where there are like a bunch of him and like you can mold them into like a hammer or a ball that you roll around. They are Um, fucked up. It's just like Naked Lunch. (laughs) Probably. It's exactly like that. With creepy typewriter sex beetles? Yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would play that. I would play Naked Lunch, the game. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's Dreamy Luigi in the dream sequences, and... He took some Ambien. <laughs> <laughs> Things start getting really weird. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you use Luiginary attacks. <laughs> which I guess is a portmanteau of Luigi and Imaginary? Luiginary. Yep. Okay, but it just you know plays into this whole thing. Like this is the year of Luigi. It's our th- the third yeah. Luigi centric game we've gotten this year after yeah, uh-huh. uh, Luigi's Mansion and New Super Luigi. Brothers. So so there are people who like Luigi, I guess. Like I, I never. I mean Henry likes Luigi. I never just disliked too. Luigi. I just like the games that he starred in. I never I, like. I haven't really liked Luigi's in Super Mario Brothers 2 when he ran in the air. Like, that was the coolest thing about him. He has the highest jump and he runs in the air. Yeah. It's cool. I love playing as Luigi, but I like playing as the princess more. And I'm happy <laughs> you can do that in Super Mario 3D World. Well, and she still Toad. floats. Toad's the shit. Toad is shit. Don't. No, don't mess <laughs> yes. with Toad. Toad Fuck is Toad. awesome. Fine, Yoshi. All right, I'll accept it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got a weird, he's got a weird growth on the end of his tongue. Mm-hmm. You should get that a weird little bulb, like a thermometer yeah. from a cartoon. <laughs> he does have a cartoon thermometer. Uh, it's, I don't want to gloss over this too much, but I don't think we have much else to talk about because none of us have really. Heard it's this. surprisingly long. Really? Yeah, like reviewers on Twitter over like the last week or two have been like, "Is this game not over yet?" Like it's like supposedly in like like over 30 hours long wow. which is like wow. eh, well I, I do know Mario and Luigi game should be all Henry was kind of complaining saying that like eh, I don't know what I think about it being 3D because you know the Mario and Luigi RPGs have always been about like this really brilliant distinctive 2D style with really nice animation and so I, I, I agree that it could potentially lose something with that but yeah Oh, with whole judgment time, I actually played it. I'll tell you what, I can't wait to finish the Mar- the this game's uh, Street Pass puzzle, because mm. it looks insane so far. I haven't finished it, but like 
nothing in the puzzle so far makes sense, so I don't know what it's going to look like when I finish it and can look at it in 3D. Hmm, I see. Yeah. All right. Uh, Charlie Murder, also out this week, mm-hmm. uh, comes out, what, the day after this podcast posts, I think? Uh, yeah, it's the second game in the summer of Arcade, but uh, the review from... Uh, OXM is already online. We gave it a nine. Oh, okay. Um, wow. All I know about it, yeah. this game is the illustration you guys ran in the last issue of like a fat naked dude sitting in a set of drums. <laughs> so why don't you tell me what it's about? Well, it's about um, fat naked drumming. Okay. Now it's a it's a beat 'em up made by Ska Studios. So they did a the dishwasher series. Oh, okay. And this uh, this is also what prompted our fake bands top. Oh five. yes, yes. So yes. yeah, it's about a heavy metal band that are all beat 'em up characters. So uh yeah you i've only played myself like probably like an hour or so of it but it's it's very much um in line with uh the scott pilgrim game so it's it it's a standard beat-em-up but it's got kind of rpg elements over it you can equip new items and uh new weapons and uh yeah increase your stats and change things that way you collect money um and buy things throughout the course of the game but yeah, it's got a very, very punk rock vibe to it. So, I mean, like, so far I've been into it just because of that. It's it's kind of got that gritty ska studio style that they put on Dishwasher, but to this game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's some... Like I can I said, tell you're you're quite a punk rocker. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. That, those, like, like uh, 14 safety pin piercings that you have, mm-hmm. <laughs> those got, are... Well, he Glorious. does have a, a hat that has clearly seen a lot of wear yeah. on your knees, I'm guessing, because it's it looks like a frayed pair of jeans and it's on your head. Yes. I mean, no, I bought it this way. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you weren't actually like, you know, motorcycle racing. You leaned mm-hmm. over too far and it, you know, saved your skull by taking the brunt of the road rash. Yeah. But underneath this is a rainbow <laughs> mohawk. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You never see it. That has middle fingers painted into the <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> And Somebody needs to have that hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Mm-hmm. Anarchy in yeah. the UK. No, but I like I like the style of it, and um, yeah, Scott Studios they they deliver on most of their games, and they so far I've really enjoyed this one. Yeah, and okay. the our reviewer I think is was Cameron Lewis for OXM. He gave it a nine, and uh, yeah, I can see why he did that because it's 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 the level of Scott Pilgrim where it's it's a really thoughtful uh, beat em up they can come back to and it'll take you a while to finish yep. it's a nine which as we all know is the low end of the scale that uh, reviewers must yeah. stick to which mm-hmm. we're on a strict right. nine to t- nine or ten system yes <laughs> so if it's nine that means it's terrible Absolutely. and you should say why do you hate this so much <laughs> in the comments on oxmonline.com mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, also out this week, DuckTales Remastered? Um, Wait, that's a thing? I've never... What is the series? Well, what's, kinda, a, what's a DuckTales? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, woo-hoo. Um, I, I, I did something about a duck butt? Um, yeah, I think this is a um, a Capcom game. Capcom? Uh, Capcom. <laughs> you mean Crapcom? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Cross Antister probably had something to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> Cross Antister. He's always so cross. He's got like angry anime he is. eyebrows. He is. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, Crapcom, where's Mega Man Battle Network yeah. Twelve? <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you make this, Crapcom? Yeah. Uh, Ducktales remastered. Man, what a special edition! I want one of those. Yeah. Well, oh. that what is that? that, that, that lunchbox box thing? thing? Yeah. I may have that at my desk. Oh, oh no! What's yep. in it? It's a yeah. It was a gold cartridge. 
Nice. That it's. Whoa. I guess they took old Ducktales NES cartridges and painted uh, them like, gold. Painted them gold. Like I think they replaced the packaging because if you turn it around on the back. It's got like special text on the back of the cartridge, and the sticker on on it, I believe, is also a new sticker. And uh, yeah, it's in a lunchbox, uh, Ducktales lunchbox with sh- shredded, I would hope, fake money in as like the packaging within the box and wow. like weird little coupons and like manuals inside. <laughs> I would imagine fake money, but you know, Capcom, yeah, just shred money like yeah. they don't care and know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Quick, Man. get us a, a bunch of $1 bills. No, that doesn't look authentic. Use the hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to pay Infune with this, but no. <laughs> not even like a huge DuckTales fan, but that's really cool. Yeah. yeah well, the, the, the original NES game was shit tons of fun. I've been I, looking forward to this for months. So I'm, I'm super excited. It's a pity we couldn't have Chris on to discuss it, but uh, maybe next week. Who yeah. knows? It's also a pity that it's not coming out on Xbox until next month. Oh! Oh! What am I supposed to play it on Wii U? Yeah. No yes. PS3? Oh. Yeah, trophies. Yeah. Wii poo, no. No, but like, it's the one. More like pee poo. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know if it's because of the Summer of Arcade. I've never heard that. <laughs> if Microsoft actually said to Capcom, like, no, you can't put this out. Because we have other games we have to put out, which is such a... That's not what Microsoft should be doing, and I hope that's not why it's not part of... Like, it's not coming out. That would be a problem. Because I think it it might be part of the Sony... Yeah, it is part of their... PSN Play. Yeah, 2013, whatever it's called, which I guess last week was Ibn Ob. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Ibn Ob is fine. All right, maybe it is. I I haven't played it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just defending it on account of... (laughs) Uh, someone has to, right? Yeah. I mean, you're appointed a public defender. Mm-hmm. Um, also, out this week is Rune Factory 4, for some reason. I'm kind of surprised that series made it to 4. What is that? That is the medieval magical Harvest Moon. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, I understand now. I've never played an entry in the series, so maybe I'm judging it too harshly, but it's just kind of like, oh, really? I, I guess it must be selling. Can I mention a game that's out last week when you're listening, but that you mm-hmm. guys certainly didn't mention on sure. last week's podcast. Papers, Please, the full version. Oh, that's finally out. Is finally Which out. Which you've talked about on this show before. I have. Um, a reviewer is working on it right now. He's probably going to give it a PC gamer between 80 and 90, which is very high. Wow. And it's an indie game and it's... We've kind of determined it's like not fun. It's actually stressful as hell, but it's important. And yeah. I think you should check it out on Steam. Any computer will, will run it, so you know if you're not a PC gamer, don't worry about it because it's yeah, it's kind of a lo-fi game, but really cool. Yeah, our our reviewers are loving it. People, what other, is it like other, a customs other, game or something? Yeah, yeah, you're in this sort of like um, I've talked about it before, so I won't talk too much. But yeah, yeah you're in this sort of yeah, sounds like kind of uh, dystopian. It sounds a bit like it's playing on Berlin. Uh, okay, and and. You're basically East Berlin for yeah. those listeners who are too young to remember when that was a thing that existed. <laughs> when there was a wall there, yeah. Um, yeah. And you're you are a passport officer, and people are coming and trying to get into your country, and the rules keep getting more complex. And you're trying you're comparing uh, their documentation to the rule book to determine who gets in and out of the country. And if you make mistakes, you get dinged. The more people, correct people you let through, the more money you make, and you have to choose for your family whether you're going to pay for food, heat, medicine, etc. And then the moral issues grow as you play, and it's 
really stressful. It's like a game that's not it's not fun in that like watching a documentary on uh you know, human trading slavery is not fun, you know. Do you ever encounter someone in Sassy who like Oh yeah, who, who says like papers, sassy. please? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's such a PC gamer <laughs> game to talk about, like such a like. It really this is. This is an important indie game that really has a message. It's a serious game. <laughs> it's the kind of game for the thinking person who really wants to get an idea of what it's like to live <laughs> in it. So yeah, your weapon is misery. <laughs> <laughs> your weapon is existential suffering. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm done with that. Go on. Your one weapon is fear and surprise. <laughs> Your two weapons are fear, surprise, and a ruthless efficiency. <laughs> Your three weapons are quoting Monty Python. Anyway. You've got a gun and it shoots anti-gun laws. What? What? How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing an impression of someone nobody knows. So. <laughs> Some, who possibly doesn't exist? I don't know. <laughs> uh, also out this week, and maybe this is something you can talk about, Betrayer, which looks really interesting. Yes, it does. It's like, is it coming out this week? Cause Not that I know of. We announced shit. it on PC Gamer recently. Yeah, but it was supposed to come out pretty soon, like sometime in August. Okay, that might be the case. I actually yeah. don't know. I just remember Evan Lottie, our executive editor, got the scoop on this game, which is mm-hmm. by... You guys revealed it. Yeah, not the cr- not the studio that created, but the people who did No One Lives Forever and Fear. Mm-hmm. And it's this black and white colonial American game, right? Am I thinking of the right thing? Yes. Yeah. It's set in early colonial America. Yeah, and there's ghost guys, zombie... Uh, uh, colonists. Conquistador. Conquistador looking, guys. looking yeah. guys. Yeah, and it's it sounds like a bit of a mix between fear uh, shooting wise, but with sort of obviously much more primitive weapons than you would find in fear. Mm-hmm. And really, the exploration of like Dear Esther where you're trying to unravel a story. Mm-hmm. Sounds really interesting. Um, I really like the look of it. It looks kind of like Mad World where it's not just like yeah, yeah, yeah. grayscale black and white. It's like stark Black yeah. and white and no shades in between. It almost looks like it might hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, it kind of does hurt to look at. And the then there's like red and things. Yeah, they have it's like black, red white, spot and all over. Ah, wow. A dead zebra? Yes, exactly. Um, wow, wow. That is a joke from like a uh, yeah. hundred hilarious jokes. Apparently it's happening on Steam Early Access this week. So. Oh, right. So it's doing the whole Early Access thing, which is interesting. We've had a lot of debates about that. Like, is it okay to release a game that's not done? And Is that what that is? Yeah, Early Access is basically saying, this game isn't done. Do you want to support us? You can buy it now. And play what we have. So it's like a pre-order where you get something right now. Like so, a pre-order where you get to play the beta version yeah, or something. Yeah, which I don't think cool. is bad. No. Um, I mean, you know, as long as you know you're up saying, front that that's what you're getting, sure. Yeah, and actually, Steam added that because I would say it was a reaction to the War Z. <laughs> I mm. think Steam because the War Z was because yeah, you want to play an unfinished version of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which well, everybody did. That's the thing. Well, but, but what happened is that they made a lot of they said a lot of things on their Steam page, uh-huh. the War Z. About, and they said like, just because we say these things doesn't mean we things, actually have to do yeah. them. And they, they were things it didn't have in the game and that they may or may not do. So, you know, I think Valve responded by going, okay, let's just be really upfront. When you're getting a game in beta, this is not necessarily the game you're going to get when it, like, is full release. So, yeah. Um, 
Okay, yeah, it looks cool. I want to play it. I like yeah, me too. the style. Mad World was a really good looking game. It was. Yeah, the, the Wii Waggle was a little. I, I want to know. Psych- that, psychologically, I can't figure it out why, like, graphics, even the best graphics, Crisis 3, whatever, with full color textures and everything, still don't look real, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you when you go black and white, it starts to look like a black and white movie, and it yeah. starts to look kind of more real, and I don't understand why taking the color out makes me believe it more. Maybe because your brain is just attuned to recognize uh, black yeah. and white, uh, which black and white has a film. little bit less definition often than right, so maybe, modern color films. Maybe you're yeah. colorblind. A little bit I am, maybe. but... Oh, I'm sorry I brought it up. Now I feel bad. Now I'm hurt. Yeah. Oh. No, but yeah, no, maybe it's like that. I'm used to watching kind of fuzzy black and white films, which I know are films of reality. So when mm-hmm. I see a black and white game, I'm like, well, this looks way more real than Crisis. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, uh, also this week, Dishonored, the Brigmore Witches. Yes, that's the second half of um, Dishonored story-based DLC. They had one that was like just kind of a trial pack, but... Uh, yeah, so I reviewed the first half of Dishonored's DLC for OXM, The Knife of Dunwall. Yes. Yeah. Which is about Dowd, the that guy... That sounds right. Yes. <laughs> it's about Dowd, the assassin, who kind of... Um, I don't know why I'm trying to avoid spoilers for a game that came out last holiday season, but um, the guy who set in motion the events of Dishonored, the assassin who kind of perform the assassination that made everything happen um he's trying to atone for his his sins from that from the from the original game the first half of the dlc was him um trying to do that and finding the person who's kind of framing him and uh the second half is about the brigmore witches which is a faction that's introduced at the very end of the knife of dunwall i really wow. enjoy i really enjoy the knife of dunwall um the powers that dowd's been given in this dlc it kind of favors stealth which was the one issue i really had with dishonored as a whole and the fact that like uh, it you can go stealthily but it's way less fun and it's not as practical and all of the all the really cool powers that you had in dishonored were best used to kill people and that's not the way i play stealth games mm-hmm. and uh, the way i played them i killed uh, everyone in dishonored mm-mm. yeah i'm trying to do that it's it's difficult though because some of those people it makes you feel a little bit of sympathy for yeah well i don't feel bad the ending though well, they are just fake people the ending <laughs> the ending of dishonored <laughs> okay. proper yeah. is way cooler if you go high chaos and kill people the final that, yeah. the final stage is it. just like a shit show like people <laughs> killing each other and like you don't even there's no chance of doing the last stage stealthily if you're going high high chaos the entire mm-hmm. time but like yeah you go there low chaos and like it's kind of a subdued affair yeah, that yeah. Was, it was it was weird it was really melancholy yeah yeah but like yeah the final stage if you have high chaos actually the guy who like rows you out he's he actually mm-hmm. kind of just like tells you off like the guy whose one job it is is to be nice to you and just bring you to your destination. Yeah. If only Antista were here, this would be a high chaos episode. Yeah, <laughs> and it would just end with madness. Yeah, no, I, we're we're going very stealthy. We're, we're going to yeah. do the subdued ending to the song. Like I, I only know the high chaos ending because I think someone else in the building was reviewing it, and I got to play it, and it was just such a like a marked difference. Like this guy, like, hey Corvo, fuck you, I'm leaving. 
All right, well, um, we can talk about some news that happened this week. Quite a bit of it, actually. Probably the biggest thing is that Major Nelson unboxed an Xbox One, Yay. one of apparently only 20 in existence mm-hmm. as of that recording. What? Um, <laughs> That's they, they should have thousands. What's going on? Aren't they releasing soon? <laughs> they should. It is weird that they would just assemble 20 boxed units. Like That seems <laughs> yeah. like it's not worth the cost of starting up the factory. <laughs> they start up the whole production line. People are like, a whistle blows, everyone gets to work. We're done. Go home. (laughs) We only made 20. But people do seem to be focused on the fact that it's like, it's including a a headset. So they're they're trying to win back their audience, which, yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that they listened to, I mean, this Mm -hmm. is probably the fourth or fifth time they've done it since the E3 reveal that they've, hey, we've listened to you fans and we've made this change. But this is the most minor of changes. They literally made yeah. a $20 change. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it's a headset. It looks cool. It's a $20 headset, though. Yeah. Like, well, the, the, um, the system itself, like, I hadn't really had a chance to get a close look at it. Yeah. And it is a nice-looking piece of hardware. Yeah. I kind of like that the, the USB port for the controller is on the side. I don't know if well, I, like I guess that. it would be on the top if you're if you're tilting it sideways, which would be sort of strange. Yeah, but I, it keeps the front of the system looking very smooth and clean. Yep. Like the only indentation is like the logo and the the little tray trayless uh, drive. Yeah, but you then you can't really put it right like flush against something. Like that's where my my 360 is now. It's flush against my mm. PS3. So That's I, true. Yeah, so now I've got to like leave space for it. I don't know if I, I do guarantee that. you somebody will immediately come out with a USB adapter that like is at a 90-degree angle. <laughs> so you can plug it in, but it sticks out to the front. Nico, mm-hmm. are you listening? I'm sure they're already working on it. I know I know one thing that people Starting were making now. Some folks on Twitter were making fun of the fact that like I think twice in the unboxing video, Major Nelson said, and we have a sticker. Like yeah. there's a sticker. That's yeah. an, an Xbox logo, in case you wanted to put that on something for whatever reason. Yeah. Put it on your skateboard, kids. Be totally rad. <laughs> <laughs> but don't put it on your Xbox One because it's minimalist design and <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Plus, it already <laughs> has the logo on the front. So Remember why would when the first that? Xbox launched and we all assumed it was extreme? box mm-hmm. and they just never admitted that that's exactly what it was <laughs> and they've never defined what the x stands for weren't they saying like at the very beginning it was supposed to be like direct x yeah direct xbox oh i think yeah. they did yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's so stupid anyway yeah direct xbox direct xbox <laughs> direct x is a developer back term. when like <laughs> I, I still remember i had friends who were like online all the time like making jokes about how dope the Xbox was and <laughs> like oh it's so big and like just making fun of the marketing that it was like you know kind of sold with this like hip hop flair or whatever <laughs> yeah. and like let's let's have Shaq hold a controller because he's the only one whose hands <laughs> are big enough so that it doesn't look huge <laughs> uh, and meanwhile I love the Xbox controller compared to a PS3 controller just because the PS3 controller the is original so small. Xbox you mean the Duke the original the Xbox giant one. Or the 360 controller. Just PlayStation controllers are too small. Yeah, I really liked the the Xbox One when it first came out, and then like years later, trying like digging it out of a pile of old things, and like, <laughs> oh wow, I remember this, and like trying to hold it. It's like this is <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> this is like Dreamcast size. Yeah, I mean, those things were awful. Yeah. It's no Wii U controller. Well, that's true. <laughs> but at least a Wii U controller has a screen on it. Like mm. it has something to justify that size. <laughs> that's true. But not the Pro. Like that is literally like. 
it's a dual shock, but they put the thumbsticks in the wrong place. Yeah. Like, Screen pad, whatever the yeah. fuck it's called, is the same mm. thing. Mm. Where it's like, the why are the sticks on the top? The sticks should never be on the top. Yeah. Anyway. Goofy. Flicking my mm-hmm. thumbs up to hit buttons is a natural motion. Flicking them down isn't. Maybe uh, in Australia where everything's upside down. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. They like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm happy because uh, something that I loved in Saints Row 4 can now be freely talked about since it's been put in videos, uh, which is the romance options. Mm. And oh my goodness. One cool thing about Saints Row 4, uh, especially for those of you who are wondering what's in this that's different from Saints Row 3, because it's no secret that it was originally DLC for Saints Row 3, is that you can leave the simulation after a certain point in the game and the thing that you do when you leave is you can walk around on an alien ship that is yours, that is populated with the other Saints members as you rescue them, and is a dead-on parody of Mass Effect. To the point where every character that you walk up to, you have two options. You can either talk to them, or you can hit X and romance them. I want to play <laughs> this so much right now. Yes. <laughs> and this this is... Regardless of gender, uh, every every voice actor uh, has recorded the same lines for the romantic dialogues. And I should also point out, there is literally no effort involved in them. The first one that you can actually do, you just walk up to the person and say, Hey, want to fuck? <laughs> and then it's on. <laughs> and they get a little more complicated from that point on. And of course, you can also do this to no. Keith David, who is your vice president. And he is the only standout who refuses to sleep with you. And he'll, he just says things over and over again like, it just wouldn't work out between us. You're my boss. <laughs> That's but fantastic. I, I know you want to, but I don't. I love that it's Keith David. That, yes. This game is really, and I've, uh, a lot of reviewers have it. Yeah. And have been saying on Twitter, maybe breaking embargo, but saying, I can't say anything about Saints Row, but it's really good. It's so fun. Yeah. That is as close as I will come to breaking in Parko. It's really fun. <laughs> I'm really excited. I played with the character creator, it's, which is basically Saints Row 3's character yeah, so, creator. So is the Nolan North voice uh, reflected in the character mm. creator that they've put out? You, the can, you can choose personality, which means station. voice, but I, I right. didn't really mess with that. Okay. I was just playing with like because the Yes, that's another thing. Outfits. That, um, okay, Saints Row the Third had six kind of you know d- different voices three for each uh male or female and then it had like a seventh zombie voice that you could just it was like bah, 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 whatever the zombie voice in this one is replaced by nolan north which is just listed as <laughs> nolan north and is nolan north playing himself oh my god i love the injuries um, oh, so good the, the only thing i didn't yeah. like about it <clears throat> is that you know how there's a uh, sex appeal slider mm-hmm. on women uh, it makes their boobs huge. Yeah, going to the max, it makes their boobs like, uh, what did I say, uh, county fair winning gourds. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually looks appropriate if you're things. going with a, a fat character model. Might, yes. Yes. Um, but on the men, it increases their kind of bulge, but it's like mm-hmm. barely to the level that increases boob size. Like I wanted, I wanted like... Elephantiasis size. Yes, I, I wanted I, men with 132-pound scrotum size. I wanted, them, <laughs> I wanted them to trip over themselves just to try to like walk down the street. Mm-hmm. 
That would have been awesome. Like if your character's waddling the whole time and then you because you do the super sprint and it's like a super fast waddle. <laughs> that would have been great. Because I think uh, it is hilarious that when your character's naked, they do the uh, the pixelated effect. Right, yeah. That's funny. They should have had that effect go all the way down to the ground for the uh, full male sex appeal. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Oh, I will say, um, horn dogs out there, this, this is a thing I discovered that may be patched out by the time <laughs> I know this exactly hits retail. Uh, I may have mentioned it earlier. It is, uh, if you... I've only seen this work on the female avatar, but if you go and buy, there's an item in the game, a skull mask. If you wear that and nothing else, your underpants disappear without any pixelation. Mm-hmm. I found this to be true in real life too. You get a bar- <laughs> if, you wear, if you wear a skull mask, <laughs> yeah, your pants will fall off. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and also, I'm seeing people... you get a Barbie doll crotch, but you know, <clears throat> right? I'm seeing people use the character creator also to. There are like pasties instead of a bra that you can choose. Mm-hmm. So they're just using oh, those yeah. and coloring, and coloring, them, coloring pink. them flesh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, and then so that plus a skull mask, and and uh, yeah, you got what you wanted. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I mean, if that's something you want, <laughs> the novelty uh, wears off surprisingly. If you quickly can't just go to redtube.com, then at, at least for me, like I still identify with the character. So like after a while, it's just like this would be really uncomfortable. She's just running around naked. All right, I'm gonna give her some clothes. I'm gonna make her look cool again. <laughs> yeah, I made a cool. Ca- I was trying Being to naked is overrated. I was trying to make uh, Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks actually kind of harder than I thought it would be. Um, because the default haircut's just right, but I couldn't. There's no black suit, so that was unfortunate. Mm. It was just the president's purple suit, which right. the, which the president would never wear a purple suit. But he that's but his he's skin a saint. Color, man. Yeah, I know. Obama's he has to wear a purple. Obama's gang color <laughs> <laughs> has to show up in his Scooby Doo purple suit. <laughs> I mean, I know he's not Obama, but that would be funny if Obama had a gang color. You could probably make a, a president look pretty a lot like Obama. You probably could, yeah. See, I, I went in with the best of intentions trying to make a Camacho from uh, from Idiocracy mm. and you know make him as much like Terry Crews as possible. And then I discovered the Nolan North voice. I was like, oh, I have to see the Nolan North voice. So it's like, I, this Did doesn't work at Nolan all. <laughs> Someone, yeah, you, after you that, should. like, I went with the just the default uh, white character model, which <laughs> looks kind of like <laughs> Nolan North. <now. laughs> Nolan North is the default white character model. He's the Basically. default video game character. Yeah, you give him slightly <laughs> more feathered hair and you got it. Oh, that roguish, attractive man. Soap opera actor. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Also, Dave, you mentioned that there's been a new mode uh, being revealed for WWE 14. Yes. So, um, yesterday, I guess, in terms of podcasting time, um, WWE revealed the campaign mode for WWE 2K14. Okay. It's the really the way that the WWE series differentiates every year is the single-player campaign mode. So, for... Probably the first five SmackDown versus Raw games, there was Road to WrestleMania. Then last year they did this one mode called Attitude Era Mode, which ca- which covered the like late '90s sort of second heyday for the WWE. And what uh, WWE and 2K just revealed this week was that WWE 2K14 will have a 30 years of WrestleMania mode. So WrestleMania 30. Oh. Is happening in 2014. Didn't they do something like that in the last game? Well, they had a Legends of WrestleMania game, okay, which only covered the first like 15 WrestleManias or so. Yeah, but didn't they have something in the last WWE game that was like uh, 
going over the the whole. Well, yeah, last last year's WW... WCW thing from the nineties. Well, they yeah, WW thirteen was the Attitude Era mode, so that right, covered right, right. when like Stone Cold became popular and The Rock became popular, and I mean that that w- I really enjoyed that. And just because it was so comprehensive, it like covered like the major storylines and everything, let you relive those like memories and stayed true to a lot of it. Like they had announcers of the era and audio from the era when they could reproduce it. But I'm really interested in, in how they'll be able to do it for WWE 2K14 because mm. this is spanning 30 years of WrestleMania. Which makes me feel old because I remember like the wow. first few WrestleManias. Um, but yeah, like they they talked about a few um, WrestleManias that you'll be able to relive, like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in WrestleMania three. Was there, man? Oh man, was there? Or not? Nineteen eighty seven. I was two. <laughs> yeah, you were you you're the kid that crawled into the ring yeah. during the yeah. main event. It was really weird. Yeah, totally They're suplexed. Like, uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Andre the Giant are fighting around a baby. <laughs> yeah. I actually, for the longest time... Oh, now they're time, teaming up to suplex the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Andre the Giant doing a 500-pound splash onto a baby. <laughs> Andre the Giant can hold the baby in his one hand. <laughs> now he's holding it in his one mouth. Where'd the baby go? <laughs> now he's putting the baby in a crib face down. That's dangerous, Mike! <laughs> Don't do that! You ever heard of SIDS? Anyway. <laughs> what is he doing? How is the baby going to recover from this one? <laughs> he's shaking it! He's shaking it! <laughs> that is not tasteful, Tyler. <laughs> no, it's not at all. You can go ahead and cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. There's uh, there's some Nintendo page. Nintendo 3DS news last week. Both very exciting. Uh, Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney confirmed. It's coming out next year, finally. And Attack on Titan. An anime series near oh. and dear to our hearts. By our, I mean me and Chris Antista. Chris made me watch an episode. Uh, uh, what'd you think? What'd you think? I was into it, but I All haven't right. continued watching it because reasons. See, I approach it with heavy skepticism, and then it's like I... I'm kind of curious to see where this goes next, and then yeah, it hooked me, and now I, I'm a I huge am curious, fan. but I haven't been hooked yet. I'm afraid to be hooked, to be honest. When I get Don't hooked be on afraid. stuff, it, yeah. you know. It's okay. Let yourself be hooked. It's, a, it's it. an okay thing to be hooked by. There, then I have, there are worse then I have to be could... like, I need to go home and watch anime, and then all my coworkers laugh at me, and they dunk my head in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to, you know, it's, it's not like it's on a schedule that you have to adhere to. <laughs> It's not like, you know, your other obsession, Dancing with the Stars, which is a far worse thing to be hooked on. Oh, yeah. I guess there is literally nothing I have to get home to see. I only watch Netflix and Hulu. (laughs) Exactly. It's there whenever you want. Yeah. What was the the onion story they ran last week? Is like a man nostalgic for the days when he'd drive to the video store and look for something he wanted, be told it's out, and go home empty-handed? Yeah. God, I remember going home empty-handed. It's yeah. terrible. Anyway, there's a game. Attack. What's yeah. the game? Do you fight Titans? What do you do? Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. Well, it hasn't been shown yet. Uh, I think September 9th, they say, more is going to be revealed. So you play a character watching the anime. Yeah. Just, you don't, you don't, yeah, it's you don't a, it's, fight them. It's just... like in Grand Theft Auto 4 when you <laughs> are in your apartment watching TV. <laughs> yeah. But it's just that. <laughs> yeah. And you're just watching episodes of Attack on yeah, Titan. Yeah, yeah, and you can kind of like reach for a beer and have a sip of it mm-hmm. and... But that's about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you can't you can't customize the avatar either. No, no. Is the moral choice it's... subs versus dubs? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's actually the only thing you have you have any effect over. <laughs> the remote just every every other button's taped over and then there's a sub versus dubs button that you can press. <laughs> You're right. There is a customization mode, but no matter what you pick, your avatar will always be a morbidly obese white male <laughs> who breathes heavily and drowns and, and out the anime. You can you can pull out your phone, but it's just open to Twitter with you ready to tweet Attack of Titan is really good. And uh-huh. then you can either tweet or you can tweet it, and that's all. Yeah, you can your do. character will will start pulling out his phone and multitasking, and your attention will be completely directed to the phone, <laughs> which will have completely banal things on it. <laughs> I really like this idea. We should make. <laughs> yeah, should, he's I, actually looking at Onion articles. <laughs> uh-huh. watch we should make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to our terrible podcast. Anyway, uh, you would want to talk about EverQuest next a little bit, which you saw recently. Well, mostly I'll talk about going to Vegas for EverQuest okay. next. Did you go to that uh, uh, boozy milkshake place I recommended? No, I'm sorry. Oh, I never man. made it. I, ne- I Basically, Greg uh, Henniger, who was an uh, intern at PC Gamer, he's at Games Radar now. He's awesome. I like how the intern bit gets mentioned first, because that's <laughs> how you want him remembered. That's how I want him remembered, because that's how I knew him best. Mm-hmm. No, no, but I just want to say that he's moved up in the world. Mm-hmm. He was an intern. Mm-hmm. Now he's an editor at Games Radar. He's awesome. But he's he was an intern. Piece of the pie. But he was an intern. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's I was introduced him to. People. I was never an intern. I say, Greg. He was our intern. I just, I'm just sad that we lost him and that Games Radar stole him. Uh, uh, so. No, they didn't. He, uh, he left to become a gondolier, uh, oh. uh, 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 paddler. Okay. In at uh, the um, in uh, Venice, Las act- Vegas. No, actually, in San Diego. Oh. Um, but we were in Las or Vegas, Venetian, rather. Uh, yeah, the Venetian. We were across the street from it, but uh, at SOE Live, which was such a weird experience because it's in the uh, Planet Hollywood Hotel, up on the mezzanine, which is like overlooking the casino, and it's just mm-hmm. like elderly people in elf costumes, and then like. 20 feet away, a craps table. It's like, this is such a weird juxtaposition of things. Why, why elderly people? Did they just, like, round up some vacationers <laughs> who needed some more money for the slots? Well, <laughs> you have to consider that EverQuest is almost 15 years old. Oh, okay. So those are the players. Yeah. SOE Live <laughs> is just all of the fandom. And you have these young guys playing Planetside 2, you know, who who are, are super into a shooter. And then you have, like... Literally, this adorable couple who were in their 60s who, like, knitted or, no, like, sewed, like, capes for each other. And I'm <laughs> like, this is adorable. You're amazing. And you play EverQuest 1. Why? They made a 2. Did you not know they made a 2? Like, they did well, that's make a 2. That weirds me out. Like, it's still going. Yeah, they're still making expansions for EverQuest 1, but Ever- which came is, out in 1999. EverQuest 1 was amazing when it came out and mm. was quickly trumped I by for months and months. every other MMO. Right. Yeah. Like Final um, Fantasy XI. EverQuest 2, the one time that I actually looked at it, EverQuest looked 2. boring as fuck. Yeah, but what you've told me that. about EverQuest Next actually got me interested. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, was, I went to a meeting before SOE Live with uh, uh, David Georgeson, who's the director of development, and I thought, you know, okay, every time I have a meeting about a new MMO, it's like, so our MMO isn't going to be like World of Warcraft because <laughs> what we have is a class system that's kind of different because you can be a rogue, but you can have like different skills from a rogue. So it's not World of Warcraft. <laughs> and and okay. that is generally what happens. It's like every MMO that comes out, they're like, it's not World of Warcraft because, and then they say something that 
is basically World of Warcraft. But this time they said, oh, the world's built of voxels and you can destroy everything. Yes, that's the interesting part. And you can break through the ground into like these procedurally generated caves and mm-hmm. fight things. And then they showed it happening. And what you so like Minecraft? Yes. Yep. But unlike Minecraft, like I, w- I heard that and I was expecting like a world made out of cubes. And like, no, they're very, very tiny cubes. Yeah. So it looks like a modern game. Yeah, they're little pieces. They can smooth them and subdivide mm-hmm. the edges. So they can create like organic terrain, but you can still blow it apart, you know? And you can blow a hole in the ground and fall into a pit. And they, they he told me they've written like 10,000 years of lore back to like inform what archaeological sites should be under the ground. Wow. Which is just like kind of silly, but also cool. Like mm-hmm. that they bothered to know what should be under the ground before putting it there. Are MMO players that well behaved that they won't just like blow the whole world to shit and like, so, I'm going to dig a no. hole and make people fall in it. <laughs> no, they're not. So here's the That's thing. That's an excellent point, though. Is that not every th- players can't destroy everything? They can't destroy like a established city. You can't just blow yeah. it up. Um, and but you can destroy parts of the world out adventuring uh, and make big holes. But the world does heal over time. Okay. So can I build a house and then have some asshole griefer come through and smash it? I don't think so. But they well, I'm they offline. they they keep you know. There's a lot of stuff they're finger quotes not talking about right now. One is player housing. However, what they're doing is they use these boxing voxel building tools, which I just combined into boxing, mm-hmm. uh, to to make well, it. Yeah, and you, you, that's what you do when you're a voxer. You're in Bioshock <laughs> Infinite. You, you're voxing. <laughs> you're it's a like it's like boxer. voguing, but more <laughs> voxelant, <laughs> but but more rebellious and just one side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, People who want freedom are the same as people who want tyranny. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's uh, the point it's trying to make. <laughs> that, that, that's what Ken Levine told me. He said yeah, that. Yeah, he said that. He said that. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're releasing EverQuest Next Landmark. By the way, both are free to play. Um, all SOE games are free to play now. Uh, EverQuest Next Landmark, where they're just going to give you their voxel building tools to let you use all these tools. Like, imagine Minecraft, but you can scale the size of the cubes. You have undo functions... You have copy-paste functions. You have a smoothing tool that can make organic kind of... You can make a sphere. Smoothing tool. You can get (laughs) smooth, is what I'm saying. You can make a smooth sphere. It's smooth. I've got a smooth tool. I want a smooth rhombus with rounded edges. That'll be up this winter. Ah. EverQuest Next Landmark, which is the like Minecraft creative mode style building thing where you join a thousand player server or whatever and you build with people. But EverQuest Next Landmark, like the voxels are cool. So is what they're doing with the AI, where it's like instead of just like we put an orc camp here, there's always an orc camp here. Go kill mm-hmm. the orcs. The orcs actually have things they like and they don't like. You know, they don't like cities. Uh, they don't like guards. They don't like being beaten back a lot. So they'll go out and look for lonely roads, you know. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is what I'm told. I don't want to. Re- right. I don't want to repeat their marketing <laughs> spiel, you know. This is what they say. How they say it'll work. Sure. How I hope it works. They say it's a dynamic, vibrant yeah. addition to yeah. the EverQuest. It's universe. like nothing you've ever seen. Exactly. Before. Yeah. They say it's emergent AI, and but you know I believe them because they're very adamant about. And this. And then the reviews are like, well, it was supposed to be emergent AI, but then we had to roll that back, so we just yeah. put them places where we said that they would go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but so the idea is to have the AI just make 
make decisions based on what's happening. So, say I have a So, little, based on the show, what's happening? Based on the show, what's happening? <laughs> I have a town. There's an episode of what's happening. And, <laughs> no, but it's like, say I have a town, and I'm, like, just chilling there, and it's kind of, everything's all quiet. And the orcs are like, ooh, everything's all quiet over here. We're going to move in. And then I'm like, oh, no, I log in one day. I'm like, there's a bunch of orcs outside my town. Not good. I get together a player group. We drive them away, and we can actually change the world by making them go, crap, we don't want to be here anymore because mm-hmm. Tyler kept killing us. You can change the world, man. Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing where I don't want to repeat their marketing spiel because, I don't know, like, they talk in a lot of hypotheticals. about the- That should be their marketing. It's like, you can't change the real world, so change ours. Yeah, because... It sounds so exciting, and I don't want to get too excited about it, but they're talking about really big things, like you'll have like storylines where the players build a city, and then goblins attack, and then the players fight off the goblins, mm-hmm. and the goblin king gets pissed and sends like a bigger army and tries to destroy the city, and the players have to defend it, and I'm like, that all sounds brilliant and all very hypothetical, so... Yes. When you can show me that happening, I will write glowingly about it because that sounds brilliant. But um, right now, they're just, they're really not talking about, they're not showing that stuff. They're showing, Mm -hmm. hey, we have a voxel based world. And that enough is like, wow, you know, you can destroy anything. And they've shown that. So they they did lead with something really impressive. I want to wait and see how Mm. well they deliver on the rest of it. I do want to say I wanted to be more impressed than I was with the demo that they showed. Yeah. Which was that giant like smashing through some structures and then like punching a house apart. Because when he punched the house It goes like there's there's like a big thing of smoke and it covers the screen and then when the smoke clears it's like I did not see anything cool there. Like you just covered up your, yeah, your what's, cool what's weird destruction. Is, that, is I know they can show the destruction. They must have had like a frame rate dip or something when it happened. Otherwise, they wouldn't have covered it. It yeah. still looks cheesy. They shouldn't have put out anything at all if that's all they had. I know. Yeah, that was that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, let's see other things you told me I should be interested in. Uh, John <laughs> Carmack became CTO of uh, Oculus Rift. That's big. Which I mean, it's is basically a statement of him saying, "Like, look, I really fucking believe this, in this is tech. important." Yeah, and I've used it. Uh, and I w- John Carmack hasn't always made the best games recently, but when it comes to tech, if he says something is great, yeah. you know it's the guy builds rockets. Yeah, um, he's not he's no slouch when it comes to tech. Like, technically, the Rage engine is incredible. No, Rage wasn't a great game. No. That engine is a piece of yeah. genius engineering. Creatively, Carmack is maybe not the best, but no. in terms of tech, he is a fucking yeah. warlock. Yeah, id Tech, id Tech four or five, id Tech five, yeah, is incredible. And uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, computer graphics are really he's responsible for a lot of what, the techniques you see. So him yeah. joining not Oculus. just in games, but like I read somebody saying once that like he solved a lot of really high level problems yeah. for computing and calculations. He's a I, yeah, like it's I, crazy. You, can, you cannot understand what he says. Follow him on Twitter; you won't understand any of no, his tweets. None of it. It's fine. He's <laughs> just like floating point something. But he'll appreciate the follow. Yeah, he will. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, he is brilliant. And him joining a CTO, he's already been supporting it. Doom mm-hmm. was. Doom so what does CTO stand for? Chief Technical Officer, oh, or, or Chief Technology Officer, huh, depending. Wow. That's um, that's a fitting title. So is he still at it, or is he leaving? He it? is still going to be working with it, um, but I think his day-to-day is really going to be Oculus right now. So it's just more support. If you haven't been able to try it, which you probably haven't, 
because <clears throat> um, it's kind of been a lot of clo- behind closed door demos, or you have to have bought a developer kit for like what three hundred dollars, which is not the final consumer product. So why would you spend money on that? Um, a lot of people are skeptical, and they say I'll be motion sick. I don't. I think you might not. You might mm-hmm. be surprised because the motion tracking is so good. I didn't feel sick at all, and I get motion sick sometimes. Um, where people say it's not really that immersive, <laughs> and I'm like, it really was when I tried it. But John Carmack, you know, I mean, this guy, him joining is big news just because if he's on board, you have to think that yeah. this could be the future. This isn't just Ouya. This is something big. This is not <laughs> Ouya. Yeah. This is very different from Ouya, and that's why they're taking a long time to release it. They yeah. probably won't even release it to consumers next year, I don't uh. think. Well, uh-huh. I know Games Radar has this set up now, and I want to go try it. Yeah, yeah try it. I, I want to see if it'll actually work with my weird, non-fusing eyes. Mm. I um, I do use I have it trouble with my seeing 3D. <coughs> I do use it with my glasses on. Um, kind of sucks. Yeah, and that, it kind of pushes them against my face, which yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. but does it also insult you? It does. <laughs> yeah, it actually takes my glasses off and throws them on the ground yeah. and steps <laughs> and then, on them. Then once your glasses are off, it kicks sand in your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it calls you a gross nerd. Homer like it's a jerk. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> gives you a wedgie too. <laughs> it does. It. Uh, well, it already me. has a game that cuts off your head. So <laughs> does it? Yeah, there's like a guillotine demo. <laughs> That's amazing. What a, good, what a good idea for yeah. a demo. Uh-huh. And, and then you can still see as your head rolls. Yeah, it, it's there to give you Brilliant. the impression that your head has fallen off and is rolling away. And uh, ideally, somebody should chop you on the yeah. neck, like with their hand, just as the blade comes Fantastic. down. So, yeah. I, I watch people demoing it and like we're just like freaking out when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> It is pretty intense being in there, mm-hmm. man. Like, when people try to talk to you while you have it on, you're like, why are you talking from space? Because <laughs> I'm in a spaceship right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to overstate it, but, like, it is the best, definitely the best VR I've ever tried. All right. Octopus Rift. John Carmack <laughs> believes in it, and so should you, probably. <laughs> uh, one more news John item. John Carpark likes Octopus Rift. <laughs> One more news item before we move on to the community segment. Left 4 Dead 3 apparently leaked, along with Source Engine 2. This also happened before when someone hacked in, or not hacked in, like there was an open Valve like Jira. Remember Jira, Michael? Yes. Our bug reporting system? Right, yes. Yeah, Valve's Jira system became open for moments, and mm. someone got in and saw some of this. But now someone has actually, on a tour of Valve's office, taken a photo of a computer that has that kind of uh, bug reporting system open, and it revealed uh, left L4D3 on Source 2 was, I think it was, was mentioned. Destructoid yeah. reported earlier today that uh, sources were coming forward and saying, like, no, this is the real deal. This yeah. is actually something we're working on. And I'm almost certain it is. It's kind of weird to go for L4D3. Well, why wouldn't they do L4D3? I mean, the first two were successes. No, 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 yeah. It's just like... Were the first two Half Life's not successes? <laughs> why? Why has that been? I'm not, I, I have a feeling it's yeah. we're going to be treated to some sort of weird Duke Nukem Forever saga, and the only <laughs> difference is that they haven't promoted it every step of the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah you know, we probably will but, find out. You there know, was a saga. maybe Source Engine Two. Maybe that's what it's going to be on. 
Yeah. Well, absolutely, it will be. We've yeah. already known they're making a new source engine. They, I mean, they have to be, right? Yeah. We knew that through assumption. But, it's like, um, what, 20 years old now? <laughs> it's, about, it's about 55 years old. Yeah, um, it's older than modern computing. Yeah, it's actually like around the time flight was invented. Uh-huh. Well, like back <laughs> in the 1910s, right. uh, they had Gary's Mod, but nothing to run it on. <laughs> yeah. And everything just sprouted out of that. <laughs> the the new mod. video game creation myth. <laughs> Gary's Mod was a guy with a hoop and stick and he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like look I can leave this hoop suspended in midair and then like make my eyelids recede behind my eyeballs <laughs> uh, <coughs> it was the three stooges that was actually curious one I feel like even though it's been it will be probably almost a half decade in between Left 4 Dead 2 and theoretically this Left 4 Dead 3 it feels they, too fast yeah because it, of Half-Life yeah. yeah, but like well, I remember, Left for Dead, everybody too. Everybody criticized it for coming out too fast when there was no half life. Yeah, and but still, like people were super satisfied by Left for Dead too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it wasn't a quantum leap, and I feel like three doesn't have to be that much different than two. Like no. it, two is still super fun to play, way more so on the PC because people that, have been modding it for for ages. But oh, the mods are hilarious. I, I like to play as a raptor. Yeah. But, um, I like to play as the same four characters as I'm playing on <laughs> Xbox. I um, like to play as a rapper, specifically the one from Dead Island. But I mean, you know, three's got kind of got to be a jump. Like two didn't really have to be, yeah, because it came out so quickly after, and people criticized that. But at the same time, it was like everyone loved Left for Dead One, so we just wanted more. Yeah. But three, now it's been long enough that you kind of expect something more, right? Yeah, but you won't expect what you expect out of Half Life. Like Half Life Three, oh God, like, no. The, the, Half Life like, Three actually has to be like a religious experience yeah. in order to live up to expectations at this point. Mm-hmm. Like it has to, I have to transcend my human form in order for it to be satisfying. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're going to move on to the community segment. Before we start in with your responses to the question of the week, I would just like to congratulate the winners of our win a big box of junk or some anime mayhem cards contest. Uh, Matt Kurtwright was the grand prize winner, Yay. and the runners-up were uh, Reese Egner, aka Triskitable, the Shreep or the Creep, with spelled with an H. I'm not sure. I'm probably mispronouncing that both times. Grant Smith, Andrew Snyder, and Jordan Beeson. Congratulations to all of you. You are winning some shit. Woo! Woo! All right. So last week's question of the week, as you might remember. Was suggested to us by Tyler, actually. Really? I was in Vegas. I don't remember. I know. I know. Um, it was. Has there ever been a game that somebody nagged you to play so much that you decided to never play it? So many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Triskitable, uh, even though he did not strictly adhere to the uh, tenets of the question, uh, posted the forum thread, so he gets read first. Uh, do this again, and you won't, though. So he says Let's start from the side of the shamer While I didn't shame anyone I did hype often To one friend I have done it so many times That I may as well list them for comedic effect I will run through this as fast as I can Uh, Max Payne all three, Just Cause 2, Assassin's Creed All of them after the first, he played the first before me Bioshock and by extension the rest of the series And System Shock, Dishonored, Metro 2033 Saints Row the third, he specifically cited The Dildo Bat as a major turnoff A poor choice of words on his part Spec Ops The Line, Tomb Raider, Killing Floor, Monday Night Combat Payday, The Heist, Warframe, their freaking Space Samurai Ninjas and he ignored it for Yakuza 
Mark of the Ninja, he's a huge fan of Metal Gear, which is a shame. Dead Island, best worst game ever. Dragon Age 2, he said he couldn't play as a dwarf, so no. Perhaps the most criminal of all, Talk Radar, and all the podcasts on the Laser Time Network. You have good taste. Buddy, you know who you are, and if you're listening to this after I finally made you listen to these, my message to you is short and simple. I was right all along. (laughs) Seriously, almost all those games I would recommend. Mm -hmm. Almost. Among others, what I successfully heckled him into playing, however, is a significantly smaller list. Borderlands 2, after denying for months, he caved. Sleeping Dogs. He loved it, but like myself, never beat it. Oh, you should beat it. Awesome Knots. Tribes. Ascend. In light of recent events, we both regret buying the GOTY bundle and made the jump to Legion's Overdrive. Sorry. Runner Backwards Simulator 2011. Serious Sam 3 BFE. In parentheses. The Walking Dead. I'm a good friend. Of course, he got to enact his revenge. He had introduced me to visual novels through Katawa Shoujo and eventually convinced me to read stuff like Fate Stay Night and Tsukihime. He also introduced me to Mass Effect by talking about it every single day for nearly a year. Anyway, sorry that was so long, I just have a history with this sort of thing. If I brought up with other friends, the list of games I've nagged others to buy would be a lot bigger. Thank you for not answering the question, Triskitable, but that was a pretty fun response anyway. (laughs) Well, I like his taste in games, so I'm happy about it. Yeah. Uh, Tribes Ascend is still good, even though they're not updating it. Keep playing it. I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess I'm reading Stabby Joe. Yes. Uh, Have we decided on a pronunciation for Ico? Is it Ico? Ico. Okay. Ico keeps being pushed on me, yet in my personal experience, only for reasons that come off as pretentious and from their own nostalgia, praising it nonstop, yet without giving any reasons to... Any reason, say, a critic or retrospective might give, just repeating in a foppish voice, because it's art. Because it's art! I don't know. What's a foppish (laughs) voice? Is that what? Uh, Also, while it had the same developer, it links to Shadow of the Colossus. Its links to Shadow of the Colossus appear to be in certain stylistic choices and small plot elements, ignoring the different gameplay and pace the other has which for many are stronger reasons to play a game. Asking whether Eco has even aged well or not doesn't seem to be a valid question to them. I have the HD collection, but I don't think I can enjoy Eco now due to unreasonable expectations long after its original release and the mentality of some of its fans. Um, I don't think Eco is a you-had-to-be-there thing. I think you could totally get enjoyment out of it now. Don't let people hype it up beyond what it is, but it's a very good game. It really yeah. is. I mean, I has played it? it with my mom, so I have a certain connection with it. Like, my mom was into games, and like, it was a fun game you could play yeah. with someone. Um, I mean, I, I will say, Eco has aged in weird ways, but it is still very playable. Yeah, it's a really good game. So, right. yeah, but don't, yeah, don't let people overhype it and ruin yeah. it for you. All right, so Which next, the point of this question <laughs> is what happened. Uh, next is Stupid Sexy Wild Femship. I love that works on like three levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. It took me well into the start of the PS3 cycle to finally play it. And honestly, I like the setting and all, but I don't really care much for the characters. Don't get me wrong, it's still a good game, but there are many other Final Fantasy games that are far superior. Plus, the fan base for this game is general, generally the worst group of obsessive <laughs> OMG Cloud and Sephiroth. OTP fucking deviant using weeaboo man children. <laughs> Erg. No stop asking for a Final Fantasy VII remake. Create something new. Move on. Really sours playing the game, which I found just a mildly entertaining experience. 
Yes, it's the three first 3D Final Fantasy. Doesn't make it the best. Remove the relentless nostalgia glasses. In parentheses, no, I won't watch the god dang Advent Children movie. <laughs> Who was don't. that again? Uh, stupid Sexy Wild Time shit. Ah, yes. Um, I there's they just released a Final Fantasy VII version, a new one on Steam. On PC, yeah, but yeah. It, it's just the PC version from right. Know, but what they've done ninety-seven or whatever is like they've up, they seem to have updated like the character models, but the background models are the same pixelated whatever. Mm-hmm. It looks really weird. Hmm. Like the, there's like these high res character models on these like super pixelated background models. Yeah. Well, that that was the thing. Like the backgrounds were all pre-rendered, right? Which looked much better than the polygons possible exactly. on PS One at the time. But now the polygons on the characters look better than the pre-rendered background, so it looks super weird. But at least it's not as buggy as the original PC port. One step forward, two steps back. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, thought, I actually thought that was a username you were reading out because it <laughs> sounds plausible. <laughs> <laughs> now this is actually the one guy in Nebraska who still listens to this. <laughs> says, for the longest time, back when I owned a 360, my best friend, who was a huge PS3 fanboy, kept pushing and pushing me to play Uncharted 2 with him back in high school. It started to get so annoying that I would start bad-mouthing the game, even though I knew it probably wasn't that bad. It is wonderful! <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> Cut to now, when I actually do have a PS3, and it's one of my favorite games ever. Well, there you go. That would be my actual... like. I think PS3 in general is my things that people have recommended to me oh, that yeah. I haven't gotten around to playing. Uh-huh. But yeah, the Uncharted series, because I have the OCD where I won't play two until I finish one. Oh, you and don't I, need to play one, just play two. And I've restarted one. So like, I think Ugh. I've played the first three hours twice, and I'm like, oh, I can't. Like, one was good, but Uncharted 2 was literally one of the best games. But I'm not going to get all the jokes that make No, you makes. will. It doesn't matter. All like right. those games aren't don't really follow. A, <laughs> Still a not going to play it because you're telling narrative. me to. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Go ahead. Pedal Bear Claw says the entire GTA series. Most of my friends have. Now this is weird. The entire GTA series. Yeah. Most of my friends have been three? obsessed with the series since GTA Three. Of course they have, mm-hmm. and have pushed them on me for twelve years. One going as far as buying me a copy of San Andreas for my birthday in two thousand five. How dare he buy you a very good game? Uh, I, I like how I'm making fun of exactly the point of this question and answer thing. Um, That's why this is fun to answer. I completely understand the draw of the games and will not knock them at all. But the fundamentals of the game are the fundamentals of the game are too broad and never hold my interest long enough for me to even complete any goals or missions. I always resort to going on the cliched killing sprees that make the general public think GTA is a murder simulator and then switch to a different game after about 20 minutes of play. That's it. I have to say, I actually agree. I played GTA a lot. GTA 3. Mm-hmm. And the ones before that on uh, the over-the-top over ones. Um, over-the-top. <laughs> The overhead ones, which were over the top. Yes. Uh, and GTA 3, but, yeah, I don't know. When I got past, like, San Andreas and even GTA 4, I was just kind of like, oh, look, an open world, I'm going to goof off. And then I would start doing the missions and get bored and be like, I'm going to do something else now. You're dead to me, Tyler. I'm sorry. I dead. I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't me. get into GTA 3. Have you 3. not seen the GTA 4 mods? Oh, God, yes. Or driving a car? 
No, those are fun and stupid. But when I he ne- pins the horse princess. <laughs> what I'm saying is I goofed off in GTA after 3, but I never really went through the missions. Yeah. Like, I just didn't have fun doing that. I had fun putting in codes that would, you know, take the gravity off and then, like, get myself the highest rating so FBI cars would just fly into the air. Mm-hmm. And that was funny. But I, I just didn't get yeah. into the story of it. The TETs, I didn't, yeah. you know. I had a, I had a friend who swore off the GTA series in the same way that people nowadays will swear off um, Call of Duty where it's like it's it's this big thing like all the dude bros play it and I'm more into the smaller games. Yeah, but I think like, the appeal of Grand Theft Auto is a large part of the same appeal as like something like you know the Elder Scrolls where it's you're given a big world full of interesting things to I do yeah. and it's completely consequence free you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah but I also the... ignored the plot of uh, Skyrim and just wandered around doing stuff mm-hmm. yeah I think there was also like the whole byproduct it's it, like any it's an open world but it's inherently violent like yeah the only thing to do is be violent and I think that's also why I didn't want to play it anyway but being uh, violent is fun that's eh. what most games are about yeah but it's not for everyone eh. um but it is for Cooper um he chose a Fallout especially 3 in New Vegas my main game playing friends love Fallout so much while I was living with one of them I saw him play through a good portion of it and another friend of ours had her save file at our flat as well Oh, it's British. Um, as a result, they've had references and conversation to events and locations in Fallout 3 that I have never fully been a part of. A friend lent me her so copy sad. recently, but at this stage, I can't imagine imagine it living up to the hype that they have built. Plus, it sounds very big. There's no way I have time for that shit. Well, shite, because he's British. <laughs> Fallout 3 is pretty big but i don't remember it taking me that long to finish actually yeah uh ravenbaum says gabriel knight series some <laughs> bear hat at games radar and associated games radar podcast used to try and shame readers and listeners into playing gabriel knight <laughs> sorry chuckles i would do anything for you but i won't do that none of us did <laughs> don't worry i did you played Gabriel Knight because Charlie told you no, to? No, I played you it years had. and years ago. Okay, yeah, I did too. I'm not going to go play it again. Mm. I no, might if they did an HD version. It's not bad. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I don't uh, Arch Knight 256 says, No, because I'm always the asshole that is shaming everyone else into experiencing the good stuff because I am with it on the culture. And all my opinions are right, thanks to the information provided by the Laser Time Network. You were coming <laughs> yeah. off as a asshole for a second until you said, <laughs> "Thanks to the information provided by the Laser Time Network." Good thing now you know to tell all your friends about Paper Please and how it's just going to change their outlook on life. Yes, uh, I think it's Papers Please. Didn't as I opposed to, you said Paper Please. Paper Please, just yeah. one. Yeah, just one. Actually, no, like a, a, just a ream of printer paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please, paper. Excuse me. The uh, coffee machine needs paper. It's really an office sim. And last and least is Barney69, who <laughs> says, I don't have any friends. Oh. We'll, we'll be your friends. I'll make this joke again. Uh, Barney69 is the literal definition of I love you and you love me. 
You made that joke before? Yes. Yes. All right, new question of the week. What is your favorite short-form, indie, non-$60, non-AAA game that's come out in, you know, say the last 10 years or so? Yeah. Not really putting a time limit on it, but something something that would be considered, you know, second tier. Kind of in honor of Summer of Arcade to give it some context. Mm -hmm. It could be an Xbox Live Arcade game. It could be something cool on Steam. It could be something you found on PSN. Anything, really. But not WiiWare. Maybe. Not we would. Not we would. No. No, 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 so no. If you say Muscle March, I will personally read it on the air. No, I won't. When you say, like, favorite, like, so many games run through my head. Like, in recent mm-hmm. memory, FTL, Faster Than Light, is super fun. Hotline Miami I love. Oh, God, yes. Um, I just I already talked about Papers, Please, a bunch. Man, what else? Spelunky? Oh, my goodness. Spelunky just came out. I don't get yeah. the appeal of Spelunky. Really? I've tried it. It's such a fun roguelike. Like, it, it, it's hard and silly with friends, the, the new version, because the original one was just kind of a free PC roguelike, but the new one has co-op that's really fun and silly, because um, you can mess with... you can mess up basically you can ruin everything mm-hmm. i was playing with my friend paul and just like hey i have a rock i'm gonna throw it and then i'll just like hit something and cause a chain reaction that causes both of us to die i don't know i think it's fun i like roguelikes and um, mm. the idea of combining it with platforming is neat but going back i really love the game defcon i think everyone should play defcon because defcon you can- yeah, it's just called Defcon. It's about a con from the '90s, who's really cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, <Nice> con. <laughs> no, <laughs> Def, Def. Uh. Uh, no, it's about nuclear war, and uh, it's called. I think the full title is Defcon. Everybody dies, or everyone dies. Mm. But it, it's a strategy game where you are either like North America or Asia, or you're Africa or South America or. Uh, uh, like Russia or Europe, and you you lay down like satellite stations and sil- missile silos, and you put down uh, nuclear submarines, and then basically, once the game starts, you it starts counting through DEFCON levels um, toward nuclear warfare, and once it gets to nuclear warfare, you, you start launch- launching nukes, and the winner of the game is the continent with the fewest civilian deaths. And it's a very depressing game, <laughs> but uh, really fun and really hard, simple strategy game. That, that and it's all like a giant tactical map. It's not yeah, like it's all like a glowing tactical map. So it's just a very simple strategy game, but very complex when you get down to the strategy. Because the strategy is lose the least, you mm-hmm. know, versus, you know, it's not so much kill everybody else as make sure that more of them die than mm-hmm. you. So you can play a defensive game and let the other countries nuke each other. And in the end, of course, the nuclear holocaust will kill everyone. So it's a very nihilist, sort of depressing game. But oh. I think it's a great game. Alright. Dave? Um, well, yeah, like recent stuff, there's Limbo and um, yeah, Sound Shapes, I really liked. But like, going the furthest back are like the twin stick shooters that kind of put downloadable games on Xbox Live Arcade and PSN on the map. And when it comes to those, there's really only two. There's um, Everyday Shooter on PSN. Yeah, that was really fun. And Mm -hmm. Geometry Wars Retro Evolved for the Xbox 360, Xbox Live Arcade. It was one of the first. It was there at launch. Mm -hmm. And I remember buying 
and I can't believe I was able to do this with the Xbox 360's launch because it was not that good. But I bought eight games. Wow. I worked at a GameStop wow. at the time. So, like, literally, like, trading everything in and being like, I'm going to get Gun and Tony Hawk Wasteland and Quake 2 and all these games that I will probably never spend more than an hour with. <laughs> Wait, Quake 2? Was- Quake Quake 3, maybe? Quake 3. Quake, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, I didn't play that much of it. If that didn't make it obvious, but right. Geometry War, one. Geometry Wars Retro Evolved, yeah, I, I bought that for five bucks, and that was the only game I played more or less for the first two months of the Xbox launch. So yeah, yeah. Well, what was the puzzle game where I feel like you had Hexic? to turn? Hexic. Yes, it was Hexic. That yeah. was also pretty. Good. I played a lot Is of that, that. Your favorite? No, I'm not changing my favorite. It was but, made uh, by the creator of Tetris. Uh, wow, I really liked. That. I played that game a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of want to say it would be either Hotline Miami or Minecraft, but those both seem like cop-out answers because they are so fucking popular. You know, that's why I skipped over them, but yeah, Hotline Miami is so good. Yeah, it really is. I had another answer lined up, but now I forgot it, so I'll just say uh, Karateka Classic on <laughs> iOS, <laughs> which good. is my favorite. Uh, this was a actually a AAA <laughs> game in 1984. <laughs> yeah. But now it's it's just a very cheap iOS game that uh, mimics the old Apple II game exactly, and is a lot of fun. So, not even the that. new Karateka. New Karateka isn't no? as good. No, it just Aww. I mean it tries, but it's just not the original. You know, I, the one I had in my head was really good, and now it's like, oh man, I forgot it Darn. because I play so many of these fucking things. Yeah, me too. Try yeah. out FTL if you haven't. I I know you haven't, but it's such a good game. Anyway, I bet you can outdo us with your indie savvy. So go to lasertimepodcast.com slash forums. Go to Lasertime Show Discussion and let us know in the appropriate thread there or just post under the comments for episode 28. Time for some plugs. You can follow the show on Twitter at VGApocalypse or you can follow me personally at Wikiparas. Somebody else go. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at PC Elitist Jerkbag. Ah. Uh, a.k.a. Tyler underscore Wild. Go to PCGamer.com, read things that I write about, like MMOs that you don't care about, uh, and EVE Online. Uh, Get our magazine? You go. I'm underscore underscore asterisk Dave Rudden on Twitter. (laughs) It's like a C64 command. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm at OXM Online, official Xbox magazine, KOXM podcast. Cheap podcast of the Laser Time Network, all that stuff. All right. Well, that's our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next week. You know you need unique New York. You know you know. Uh, <laughs> York again. Ah, I can't even make it past the first sentence.